Welcome to Outspoken Voices, a podcast by and for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer parents, people with LGBTQ parents, future parents, and everyone else who is part of our family journeys. I'm your host, Emily McGranahan, and I am the Director of Family Engagement with Family Equality Council. So I'm really excited to be back for season two of Outspoken Voices. We're starting with one of the first questions that new or future parents often hear, which is, what are your kids going to call you? So whether you're a same-sex family, a poly family, non-binary parent, foster parent, older youth, LGBTQ parenting really often falls outside of that heteronormative, socially sort of determined mother-father naming like rules. So when my parents, for example, were trying to figure out what their future baby would call them, they like really struggled. Uh, I don't know that that they would say that they struggle, but now when I hear the story, I'm like, oh, you had a hard time of that. It, and I think it could be like not having a community. This was obviously many moons ago, not having an online community, not having a community of fellow queer parents that they knew that they could talk to about it. There was nothing in popular culture. So they were really at a loss. And their idea was to try to have me call one mom and the other aunt for a while, um, because they just really didn't know how to do that in a way that would be both safe for a kid and also safe for them as adults. And then ultimately, like that didn't matter with what they had thought they were going to do didn't work out as they had planned. And as I developed a language, made up my own name, and I had a mom and a ditty. So naming and then the power of names, that really matters. There's a whole landscape of how queer families have created their names for themselves as parents and the different ways that people themselves with LGBTQ parents, as they've grown up, how they really end up creating names for their families. And and parents' identities and some of those dynamics change over time. Uh, and so here with me today to talk about names and why all of this matters is Tori Kaufman-Palman. Tori lives in Boston, Mass., with their wife, Sunny, and is a proud parent of an amazing seven-year-old daughter, Annika. And I've met Annika, so I can vouch for the truth of that statement. Uh, Tori and Sunny met in San Francisco, where Annika was born, and they made the move to Boston three years ago. So Tori's been sharing their story for years, from speaking out with Rainbow Room, Hartford's Gay and Lesbian Health Collective, to chairing Putnam Investments Pride Alliance today. So Tori, to get us started, what does your kiddo call you? My daughter, Annika, calls me Baba. And what is the origin of that name? So the origin of Baba in San Francisco, I believe, and all the Babas out there, I might be getting lots of Facebook posts after this, <laughs> um, is Butch Mama. Um, by combining those two things together, it felt like a, a, a really great way to orient yourself as a Butch parent. Um, but when Anna, when Sonny and I decided to have Annika, I remember we were taking a road trip up to my mother's house in Oregon, and we had decided that we were going to try to get pregnant the following month. And so we had this 12-hour drive uh, to Oregon to kind of talk and in in some ways argue over what we were going to uh, call me. And, and I really I really wanted to be called Papa. Like that was that felt like a name that had meaning. And I had friends who had chosen Papa. And as we continued to talk about it, we realized that Papa has a meaning. Like you just shared, there are heteronormative meanings for daddy and papa and mommy and mama and so many more for for moms 
And we just felt like it would put our future child at risk of bullying or, or safety issues, confusing issues. Um, so we, we had chosen two names, Baba and Momo. And I don't even remember why Momo it was just like a sort of deviation of mommy that didn't feel like mom, which didn't feel good for me. And uh, we we got up to Oregon and my brother and my sister-in-law were there and we, we walked through the door and my nephew was there and he said, I got a new kitten. And my kitten's name is Momo, Kumbalacha, Kumbalacha, Kitty Cat, McPuspus. And... I said, well, that's that's out. So it's Baba. Um, And that made the decision right there. It was uh, it was that was it was the two choices. And and Baba was it. Well, that other name is a is a mouthful for (laughs) for a kiddo. (laughs) What? That's a creative kid. That's a great name. Do they still use that name for that cat? Yeah. Well, it goes by Momo now. But Mm -hmm. um, in fact, actually, when I was on my way over here, I couldn't remember Momo's full name. And I, I called and said, can you tell me? And like, instantly <laughs> i got the full name so it's still it's still out there i love that nine years later one of there's a this really great blog mombian and dana who runs it has been collecting names uh parent names for years and so people can submit in like what their parent names are and i kid you not there are over 300 submissions of of different combinations of names and i'm going to link to that in the show notes so others can check it out and also submit I'm sure there's names that are not part of there yet, but it, it, it's just incredible to see that and that landscape of just so many different ways queer parents have gone about either being named by their kids, as I did to my parent, or a pa- as parents choosing those names. You know, what are some of the other sort of names or, or things that you've seen? Does that sound like, yeah, no, there's hundreds out there. You know, I, I feel like the other names that that are in my like sphere of awareness are more parents who have chosen religious names. So I have mm-hmm. some um, Abbas, uh, some Jewish Abbas, both uh, butch or gender nonconforming or trans um, or actual cis men. And, uh, and then uh, we have some um, Omis and some Abbas and things like that. So I, I feel like I haven't necessarily had much awareness beyond those religiously chosen names other than all of the variations of mommy mama mama t auntie you know Mm -hmm. um things that that feel um like names that already exist um but but maybe that's i haven't seen this link so i'm looking forward to seeing it um to me, I, I really didn't want my first name to be a part of it. Um, I wanted there to be this separation between me as a person and me as a parent to my child. And I, I also felt like I didn't want my spouse to be mama and me to be, you know, Tori or, or mama Tori or anything like that. But I have seen variations of that. Yeah, that's so interesting because I have uh, a mom and then my parents had separated and then my mom had another partner. And so at that point I was five when I met uh, Nancy and I was sort of at that age that I remember like joking around, like what are, what kind of special name could I have for you? And I like insisted it on like, I was going to call her macaroni for like, it was like a week (laughs) of me calling her macaroni. Uh, And thankfully she was so patient. I don't know how, like 
she took it and she's like, okay, I'm macaroni. You know, like <laughs> totally went with it. Um, but thankfully, I, that did not stick. Um, and so eventually I, re- I just called her by her first name. But that was really confusing for other kids too. Her name is Nan. And so they're like, oh, you're Nanny. I was like, no. Oh, you're Nana. No, just <laughs> Nancy. It's just Nan. And so, yeah, it is so interesting that once you have na- like the that naming – Using first names even doesn't, it can really not clarify the role sometimes for other people and people really want to know. Of course, having a name like Diddy, oh, you mean Daddy. No, I don't. I mean Diddy. (laughs) Uh, And it just was always kind of confusing for other kids, sort of no matter what you do. Uh, But I've heard some other really great names over the years. One of my favorites is Matu, like T-O-O, so also Ma. Um, And then I've also met folks whose parents were had transitioned later in life. And so that was a whole new negotiation and of between child and parent of what that what what they would call them, what that was like. Um, Sharon Shattuck has this fantastic film uh, from this day forward where she is re- is a documentarian and she's documenting her family dynamics and her dad, who trans is was is trans, um, came out as trans to her and her sister when she was, I think in elementary school. And so she uses female pronouns, uses a, her name, uh, but still says dad. So like, she's my dad. Like that is a totally natural sentence that comes into that family. And so it's, it is really interesting that it is a discussion often, especially as, as folks get older. I have seen that. Speaking yeah. about older, though, one mm. one thing that I feel a little bit trapped against with Baba, the the chosen name is... I watched my nephew just turned 13 and I have watched him transition over the last two years from calling my brother daddy to calling him dad. And there's this rite of passage of, you know, and it, when he's 16, I'll probably call him Isaac for the first time. And we'll, you know, it'll be <laughs> horrifying. But um, I, I do to some degree when you choose a name that doesn't have this maturity arc to it. Um, we joke sometimes that Annika will just start calling me Bob at some point, <laughs> um, but there isn't a, a maturity arc to it. And so I, I wonder in my mind, like what, you know, I, I wonder what she'll be like at 13, but I also wonder what she'll call me and how that her needs around that will change. Cause Baba feels like a little kid, mommy, mama, Baba. Um, so has, have you really talked with Annika about why your Baba? Like, has that kind of come up? Or, um, you know, has Annika asked, you know, she's in school, she's meeting other kids with other types of families. Have you talked about names and, you know, maybe what other kids call their parents? You know, we we really haven't. And it hasn't come up. She's very, um, she she really hasn't had a, a ton of exposure to resistance um, to her family style. I mean, it's, it's certainly come up more, more in preschool. Um, but she, she also hasn't asked. I think the only time it's really come up is where Baba, Baba is the father, the, you know, father name in Arabic and in, um, Mandarin, I believe. And so when we lived in San Francisco, the, obviously a very much more diverse, um, environment that we live in now, we, you know, we might be at the children's museum and someone would say a Baba, you know, and, and I think at first she would kind of look up to see if there was going to be another butch parent around um, and there wasn't and so I, I know that she has cataloged the other uses for Baba that are not aligned with what how she uses the name um, and the other thing is you know and, and we may talk about this later It it's not 
present in pop culture for her. So rep- that name, there's certainly a lot of presentation of queer families in pop-, pop culture, at least more than there was when, you know, we were kids. But the the different names um, tend to stay closer to the heteronormative names, daddy, papa, mommy, mama T, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. So I think in those ways, we've had really minute conversations with her around it, but um, she has never really asked. Well, that's I mean, that is also so interesting for me and and so true that you hear people talking about like the even within the LGBTQ community, it's so hard to get out of the habit of saying like we all like our families have two moms and two dad families, which obviously is not recognizing the many different types of families out there. And also, you know, my parents have straight parents. They had a mom and a dad. And so growing up. That was like those were the names and those were the roles you could have. Um, and it, thinking of anything sort of outside of that was really even hard to, I think, some get to sometimes, too. Yeah, I think, um, you know, to, to your point around even being in queer spaces, there is this if 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 we're identified in a queer space, um, we are identified as a, and I'm using air quotes to mom family. Um, and we're really not. We're a one mom and one Tori Baba family. And Annika understands that. Um, She understands it in a way that it's slightly related, but we were just at Disney and she, there was this kid that was kind of stalking us in the pool and I got out of the pool and the kid just like instantly was by Annika's side and they had a conversation and then Annika got out of the pool and she said, "Um, that little girl no I'm sorry she said that child wanted to know if you were a boy or a girl and I said oh well what did you say and she said um I told her that you're mostly a girl and then she said and I didn't think you'd mind and so I think there is this these children that are coming up at Annika's age there's this sort of flexibility that they if someone calls me mommy in a class she doesn't say oh that's not my mommy that's my baba she's just like yeah yeah whatever you don't get it like mm-hmm. you're not educated <laughs> um you're not you're not online and uh <laughs> and so i think that's really been our experience is, is we just sort of as our family unit depending on how we're identifying that day we kind of just exist and she seems so flexible in that does that does that make sense yeah yeah that I, I remember having to answer some of those questions, uh, you know, grow, myself growing up because one of my parents was very butch and like, because, and because I called her Diddy, everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, like that's your special way of just saying daddy and having to like, <laughs> like defend like, no, 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 like I I know this, that is not the case. It's, it's, it is strange that, and it, it has to do with gender at all ages, but even as kids, they, like, you're not believed um, that you would know either your own ge- gender or that of your parent. Like, like right. we know, like, and that's awesome that Annika can be like, and that's fine. Like, you don't right. get it. She's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm busy. <laughs> so you're, have you seen any increase or uh, where have you seen maybe representations of Baba or other names in media or books or, you know, have you really seen any of that anywhere? Yeah. So 
definitely didn't expect to see it. And in fact, you know, Annika is, she's at the age where she can read now, um, which is wonderful and kind of a bummer. So we would read (laughs) tons of books to her and any character that looked sort of like me, you know, sort of tall and brown hair and slightly masculine, um, we would just say Baba. Um, We just edited the books for her. Every book had a Baba in it. And I, I think that she, at a certain point, was a little skeptical that that existed and so then she would ask, does that really say Baba? And it's a pretty easy word to spell. And so she would be able to identify that it didn't. So mm-hmm. we had to stop. And uh, and then a friend of mine um, launched a book company. And and that book company wrote a book called um, The Zero Dads Club. And in that book, there is a page that talks about a mama and a Baba. And the Baba looks just like me. I'm sure they I'm sure they drew it just to look like yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, and I, I remember reading the book to her. It was about two years ago. And she said, does it really say that on the page? And I said, yeah. And I turned it to her and it, she could read the word and she was totally floored. And so it wasn't until mm-hmm. then that I realized that she really needed that. She needed to have that anchor of mm-hmm. it's not my family isn't just totally making this up. There's other people that are doing this as well. Um, but I also mm-hmm. have friends who have started doing Baba's Day it's halfway between Mother's Day and Father's Day. Um, I, I have lots of friends that, you know, there's like a Facebook group that happens around that time. And my mother sends me a card, um, right, uh, like smack I dab in the it. middle. And it's usually like one of those cards that has nothing in the inside because there's not the right card for it. And uh, I think that it's definitely growing in terms of a name. In fact, last year at, at Family Week, um, I remember there was another person, Davis, uh, that was a Baba. And um, I brought Annika over. I'm like, oh, Annika, this is a Baba. And, and this is their child. And she's like, yeah, what can I go in the pool? You know, <laughs> I think it's it's sometimes it's more about me than it is about mm. her, even though her reaction to that book and having the Baba there tells me that she needs it, too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's growing. Representation. Yeah. Those the the naming, sp- even spaces that just had names, uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, or like daddy daughter dances. Oh, gosh, those made me so uncomfortable growing Mm -hmm. up. And they found them like so stressful. But even if you have a family where one person identifies as male and female, but that's not your names or like you're you're or you you're genderqueer, like it just gets so it just pushes people out. And I think all these events were intended to be a bringing together a family's sort of moment. And that we're I think we're just at the point that you're not that you don't see that anymore the families look so different they've got grandparents they've got a a parent who's a widow you know you never know and so it 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 no longer I, I get the feeling that it no longer brings people in and it only by gendering events like that you're only keeping people out yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because um Ani is in Girl Scouts and they they have they have a father-daughter dance square dance but they call it the family square dance um and then an asterisk at the bottom it says like formally called the father so it's like (laughs) well you didn't really you didn't really complete that um and uh, i asked her this year if she wanted to go and because i know that if we went we would walk through the door and everyone that didn't know annika would think that she came with her dad um because of how i look and i'm fine with that but it would be a whole night of explaining and Mm. and I knew it would be really the father's daughter's dance that had been renamed. And so I asked her if she, I explained how I thought it might um, evolve and asked her if she wanted to go. And 
she didn't want to go. She didn't want to participate. But had it really been a family dance um, where she didn't feel like that extra edge, she probably would have wanted to. I don't know. Square mm-hmm. dancing isn't that fun, but um, she <laughs> might have wanted to go. And I think that, you know, as we as we I think you brought up a great point, just renaming something doesn't necessarily take away the meaning of it that everybody mm-hmm. secretly knows. Mm-hmm. So if you have you ever thought about if you could change like if you could pick a different name, like are you like now just firmly rooted and like loving your Baba identity? Or have you ever thought about changing you know, if you could go by a different name, would you? You know, if I could go by Papa and have it not mean dad, I would totally do that because I, I think it's, it has, it sounds cooler. I always thought it sounded cooler. Um, and uh, I do feel, I feel bad that by having a name like Baba and having a queer family, I put Annika in a position of having to have two things she has to be knowledgeable about and also explain to people who mm-hmm. are, are inappropriately curious. Um, so I don't wish, I mean, definitely, you know, she, kids yell your name all the time, right? So every time she yells my name, it's like joy and annoyance at the same time. <laughs> um, so I would never want to change it because that's for the last almost eight years, that's been my life, right? But I do wish that there would have been a better name or not a better name, but a different name that I could have chosen that would have been knowledge like people would have knowledge of it Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have to explain the name um but would also have felt aligned with me and i think that will just come with gender evolution and not like i think we've we've gotten to the point now where we we have to move beyond the two genders Mm -hmm. and that will happen in her lifetime but maybe not mine i might be old by the time (laughs) you know she has a child and and a name is is available. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe by then it will be Baba um, because maybe a lot of people will choose it. I hope so. Yeah. So my last my last question is for people with little ones who maybe don't call them anything yet or people who are going to become parents or thinking about becoming parents someday, what advice do you have when, when thinking about maybe how they want to be named or even just the patience and knowing sort of like happens with grandparents very often. Sometimes kiddos are just going to name you or, or they wanted me to say aunt auntie grace. And I said, Diddy uh, for whatever reason, um, any, you know, what sort of advice would you have for folks through that journey? I mean, I think, you know, not, oh, sorry, almost eight years into it. I say nine because we chose before she was conceived. So um, she never really got a choice. Uh, <laughs> we have not polled her for her opinion. Um, but I think for me, it is about listening to yourself. Um, you know, when in that car ride, um, when I was feeling and continued to feel most aligned with Papa, because I think it's a really cool name, and my dad didn't, or my, sorry, my brother didn't use it, he's daddy, um, It, I get why that would have caused a a significant burden for Annika Um, and Baba felt right but we also knew that it had regional like uh, ramifications people were really called Babas and Momo felt really wrong Um, but it felt like a compromise that everybody seemed in the car Sunny and Alice (laughs) and I um, you know seemed 
willing to make. And as a result of getting there and and hearing this kitten name, which is ridiculous, <laughs> and just snapping it right off the table, I, I feel like I kind of dodged a bullet, right? I don't know that nine years ago I would have had the confidence to stand up for myself um, relatively early in my relationship with Sunny, certainly before I had a child and you, you sort of become better at um, standing up for yourself because you have to stand up for your kid. I don't know that I would have taken up the space that has allowed me to be happy every time she says my name. Um, when she calls me Baba, I feel satisfied and heard and seen and acknowledged for the gender nonconforming person that I am. Um, so I mean, the only advice I would give is know that at some point you're going to feel, you're likely to feel like you maybe made a mistake or or could have chosen something that was easier, but also know that it's totally your, it is what you are going to go by until the day you die, um, hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. And you you have to just take up the space that's required for you to feel happy when you hear that name. If she called me mommy, every time I'm at, you know, at karate class or whatever and some woke straight person says oh your mommy's here to pick you up um it makes me sick to my stomach it's not how i identify and it it really feels like i'm not being seen even though they don't know that Mm -hmm. they're trying to see me um so that i think is the only advice is is really just listen to your heart to the best you can before you have a child or before they can speak uh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, and this was a really great way for us to start season two of the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Again, thank you for joining us today. This podcast is brought to you by the PRX Podcast Garage. Their community hours program gives studio time and training to Boston nonprofits developing a podcast. Learn more at podcastgarage.org. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Outspoken Voices. You can find Outspoken Voices on our website, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Family Equality Council at familyequality.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Family Equality. Until next time, remember that love, justice, family, and equality is what brings our families together.